Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Atomic Real Estate Show. I am your host, Paul Jagelski, and I happen to be your guest today, too. Uh, today, I'm going to introduce myself and my family's real estate journey, how we started, how it's going, and some atom-sized nuggets of information that we have learned along the way. So how did we get started into real estate? Um, well, officially, it wasn't until the end of 2018 that I joined the Adams Group at Compass, uh, but I was playing in the real estate sandbox for a few years prior to that, and it kind of tickled my interest deep down ever so slightly. Uh, as they would say, seed was planted. I wanted to know anything and everything I could about real estate, so I started to read books. Uh, one of the books that I read was The Compound Effect, and it had a quote that stuck with me hard. The average American drives approximately 12,000 miles a year. If they replace that music and talk shows with educational material, after approximately three years, they would have had enough knowledge to have gotten their master's degree. And that quote alone was the biggest change that I made in my life at that time. I started to listen to and read anything I could get my hands on. Uh, my research took me into the real estate world. I started talking to agents and different contractors, and it started to paint a picture a little bit more clearly for me. And that was real estate was a huge potential for wealth growth. As Andrew Carnegie put it, 90% of millionaires become so through owning real estate. So I continued those conversations. Uh, I, the first and most important one was to gauge my wife's interest into this idea of me jumping out of my corporate job and into the real estate world. Uh, she was supportive. She was happy. I was 33 at the time, um, or 30. I guess I started the conversations around 30, 32, 31, and we made the decision finally at 33. Uh, this Another conversation that I continued to have uh, was with my real estate agent, Sean Adams. He's now my mentor, but I wanted to see what his thoughts were about me becoming an investor and how to do it and how what he'd seen and how he, uh, good and successful investors did and what not so good investors did. Uh, and after getting his insight, my final big conversation was with my brother-in-law, Brian. Uh, at this time, he had, I think, about a dozen properties for himself. And he definitely made some mistakes along the way. But more importantly, he had made some really, really good decisions. Uh, and I wanted to know not only the good decisions, but those mistakes and what were his hiccups and what he thought about the process and everything else. And there, lo and behold, before I even realized it, became the beginning workings of my inner circle of trust. Um, and with those individuals, my confidence started to grow as well. Now, I say my confidence started to grow, but it did take me almost, I don't know, 18 months to finally quit my my corporate job. Uh, I had a six-figure income. It was basically to, we decided that it was time for uh, one of us to concentrate on the kids. And I decided I could do that and I could fill the empty time with real estate. Uh, my wife agreed. We thought it was a, a good journey. We decided to set out a three-year plan that we would do this for three years. And after three years, we would reevaluate it. So I did. 
Uh, I sat down with Keith and Sean uh, of the Adams Group, and at the time they were joining Compass, so I decided it was time for me to join their team as well. Uh, now, every three years, my wife and I re sit down, we evaluate our real estate journey, how our overall situation is, um, and we decide if we're going to continue another three years on it. And so that's where we're at. We just we just did that first three year evaluation last year. Uh, we decided it the benefits outweighed um, any of the issues that were coming along with it, and we decided to continue on to another three years for it. Um, so let me take you back to my first ever deal as a licensed real estate professional. Uh, it came. We put the offer in right around Thanksgiving and we closed on the property February of 2020. And that was right a month before COVID hit. And we didn't know that was gonna happen. Um, it, it definitely gave us some trials and tribulations. It was a nice little duplex to add to our only single family that we had. So now we had two. The problem was is I was a 1099 contractor or am a 1099 contractor, AKA a real estate agent. So I couldn't buy these properties anymore. I no longer had pay stubs. I couldn't go to a bank and ask for a loan. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I used my wife as the buyer and me as the buyer's agent. <laughs> and I'm so glad that that was my first transaction um, because there were definitely some mistakes made along the way. Uh, we, we thankfully had a great buyer at the same time and a great uh, seller. I mean, we had a great seller and a great seller's agent. And my two mentors, Sean and Keith as well, uh, really helped me us walk through that. And you, you, there was, there, as I said, there were some mistakes made. There's, a, there's some lessons to be learned from there, but that's the good part about it. Uh, there was lessons to be learned and we learned them. Ultimately, we did get the property, we did fix it up and we did get it rented out fairly quickly. Uh, two, fast forward two years later, in 2022, the height of COVID, we decided to add a second duplex, and that was made possible by the mortgage rates at the time. It was very low. I believe we got a 325 on the refinancing of our first single family home that we had previously lived in. And now we added it to our portfolio when we moved to the suburbs. Um, and we used that cash as the down payment for our duplex. And that's known as the Burr method to real estate professionals. But basically what you're doing is you're refinancing, you're getting a lump sum out of that tax-free. Uh, government can't touch that, that is your money. And instead of putting that money into a bank account, we decided to flip it into another property. So uh, the, the original single family now has no more of our personal money into it. We just moved that personal money from that single family into a new duplex. Uh, and that's our current portfolio. We have two duplexes and a single family. Uh, we're always looking to add more to our portfolio, but the purchase has to make sense for us and our style investing. A quote I heard from a seminar that I went to uh, wait a few years back, and I really wish I remembered who was speaking at it, but they mentioned something that has really, really stuck with me over, over the time, over the past couple of years. And it, I'm going to try and get it right. It goes something along these lines. There are hundreds of different ways to make money in real estate and an equal number of ways to lose money. The most successful investors find the one to two lanes that work best for them and they stick to their lanes. 
the failures typically do not focus on those lanes and they try many different methods of real estate strategies to make money. Just because Aunt Sally made money flipping doesn't mean you should stop buying rental properties and start flipping. Do what fits your life, your expertise, and stay within your lanes. And that, in the beginning, I didn't really catch what that was trying to tell me. Um, I, I kind of just kind of caught the first part of it. There's a million different ways to make money in real estate. Fast forward three years, four years now into my real estate journey, and it makes sense. Just because somebody else is successful at doing something doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to. So I haven't flipped the house. I haven't flipped the house because I don't have a contractor, a plumber, an electrician, a drywaller, a roofer that I have on on call that can help me out that quickly. They have other other jobs that they're at, and those delays could cost me money. Uh, so I found for me, the long-term rentals is right now what fits me and what fits my style. So that, that's what we look for. Uh, I find most of my, actually, I found all of my deals on the MLS. That's not to say that I stay away from off-market deals. I just prefer the MLS and the few extra securities that it offers out of it. And again, it, it's out there. You, you can go through flippers. You can go through... Um, wholesalers you can go through the mls you can get word of mouth uh, all are great strategies on how to find properties it's finding the way that works best for you and for me it's the mls the mls uh the multiple listing services has fantastic deals out there you just got to find them and you got to be able to qualify them when i'm searching the mls i told you i tend to look for very specific deals um I'm looking for specific zip codes, 19128, 19127, 19129, uh, 19119, and a few others. Uh, personally, I'm looking for duplexes with two bedrooms, one bathroom, under 1,000 square feet, and has parking. Uh, they typically call these the grandmom houses. Uh, they need a new kitchen. They need a new... Uh, bathrooms, some floors might need to be updated, definitely needs new painting, maybe a light little um, layout change, but nothing nothing major, not, no over, complete overhauls, uh, but it'll allow you to raise your rents. And as at the same time, it'll also allow you to put in some good quality products in there so you know you don't have to touch them for uh, some time as well. So that's what I'm looking for. And that's me. That That's my niche out of it. Uh, you know, I have other clients that they're looking for shells uh, so that they can rebuild, clients that are looking for land so they can build from bottom up, clients that are looking, um, they're, they're looking for larger scale projects. So four, five, 10, 12 unit buildings, uh, and those, anything after four gets into kind of the commercial world uh, in the eyes of the government. So it all depends upon what fits you, your style, uh, your financing, that, that's a big one. That's kind of why we've stuck at the the deals that we have is that that fits our financial structure as well. Um, for me, when I start analyzing the money part of it, so all right, I've done my MLS search, I looked at my zip codes, I found the two bedroom duplexes that I like, but now I got to make sure that the the deal makes sense financially. I'm looking for something that one unit, one unit's rent after I rehab it, is going to be able to cover the mortgage, the taxes, and the monthly fees that are associated with the property 
as a whole. This in turn allows me the security that one of the unit, if one of the units goes vacant, I'm not losing money every month. I'm just not profiting. Since managing the properties and is part of my duties as uh, the investor out of it, and the way that my wife and I have structured this overall career for us, this is a, one of the ways that I can justify not having the W-2 income. I reduce my costs. By doing the majority of the work and the management myself, I take away as many of those little costs and hidden fees that as I can that other investors have to contract out and account for on their P&Ls. The rehab that I'm looking for, again, it's looking at those grand room houses. So I'm not looking to do major rehab. I'm looking for something that fits within my budget. And I'm currently using personal money to do that, which is something that we're looking to change in the future. Um, but I'm again, I'm looking forward to update those floors, the bathrooms, the kitchens, paint it, uh, small layout changes. But right now, the big thing is parking. I'm looking for properties that have parking and I'm looking for long-term holds. I'm looking to hold these things uh, 20, 30, 40 years potentially. So I'm looking for more of what the property offers and then I can kind of bring the extras into it uh, to make it into what I want to rent depending upon what the area is calling for. And that's a big thing to know as well is what is the area calling for? Uh, you don't want to put a brand new building with all the top end fixtures in an area that's calling for lower income renting. At the same time, you don't want to put lower income renting fixtures such as a Lowe's or Home Depot's cabinets into something that's calling for higher rents where they want soft clothes, durable cabinets out of it, quartz countertops and so forth. So again, just kind of knowing your market, knowing what you're doing and what your end game is, is a lot of a battle. Um, and that's that's what I'm looking for. And that's how I'm looking to uh, evaluate our properties. As I mentioned, real estate can be relatively inexpensive journey. Uh, unfortunately, we just started a little late. So, so far, I've only structured our rentals uh, through the traditional lending type out of it. Meaning I've called up my mortgage broker. Uh, they were able to finance the deal by looking at my wife's W-2 income, our debt to income ratio, and having us put in a high 20 to 25% down payment, as well as a slightly higher mortgage rate than a, say, first-time homebuyer is going to get. Um, government sees us as investors now, so they, they ding us for that. Um, if you start a little bit earlier, there, there's ways that you can do this for a lot less money down, three and a half to maybe 5% down. Uh, and you can repeat that process multiple times where now at this rate, unfortunately, my wife and I cannot repeat that process. Um, so we're, we're gonna have to find a couple different ways. And that's what we're getting into this year. Over the past couple of years, I do have a few clear takeaways uh, that I would, love to be able to share with you guys um before you get started into real estate i always suggest that you number one educate yourself get books on tape start reading start networking however you feel comfortable receiving information just find ways to educate yourself um, get around those professionals talk to them figure out what they're doing how they're doing it why they're doing it and see what fits into into your lifestyle that brings me into the next one. Connect with real estate professionals in your area that are doing this already. Agents, contractors, lenders, title companies, insurance companies, 
plumbers, electricians, roofers. Get to know those people before you start. You don't want to have to start cold calling people after you already got a property. Uh, you really want to make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row and the property is one of the last things that you're you're getting your hands on to. Um, if, you're, if you wait, that costs time and time in this game costs money. Uh, so right into the next one. Have a plan before you purchase the property. Uh, know what zip codes you want to go into. What is the average purchase price in the area that you're looking at for the similar homes? Do a comparative market analysis on those. Uh, and then run the numbers for after the repair value, the AVR. Run those numbers. Know what the end game is as well. How are you financing this deal? Are you holding long-term or flipping it? What is the rehab going to cost you? Uh, and none of us have x-ray visions. So what are you going to put off to the side for what's behind those walls and those hidden costs that you didn't quite account for yet? But again, putting some money aside for those. Uh, another point, have multiple exit strategies. If you're going into, if you purchase a house and your plan was to flip it, but you got delayed because of things that happened behind the wall, you had to find more financing. Um, and now all of a sudden you're in the winter months, not a great time to sell. What's your plan B? Can you rent it for six months? Can you Airbnb it? Can you wholesale it? Are you going to live in it for a couple months while you wait for the spring market? So don't just have, hey, I'm going to flip this house. Great. That's plan A. Have your plan B, have your plan C. And I'll, you'll be surprised how many times those plan Bs and plan Cs end up taking over that plan A. Maybe it's a financial reason. Uh, maybe it's a market reason. But make sure you have those extra plans in place. Finally, don't just do a deal to do a deal. This is how you lose money. Uh, make sure you know what you are analyzing. Remember, you make your money on the purchase price, not the sale price. Um, it, that's a very, very, very important one. Um, now, somebody like myself, I'm looking to hold these properties 30, 40 years. So the sale price or purchase, the, my initial purchase price isn't the overall end, but I still want to make sure I'm not overpaying for it because then I'm just going to be chasing my tail for years upon years afterwards. Uh, so purchase price is very, very critical. Make sure you're analyzing it. Know what you're analyzing. You bring in all the numbers. Again, talk to those agents. Talk to those lenders. Talk to those title companies, insurance companies, so you know what it's going to cost you to own these properties because it's not just as simple as a down payment. Oh, the sale price is this, and it's a 5% down payment, and that's all it costs. There's closing costs that come into that. There's uh, taxes that come into that. Um, there, there's a bunch of lawn care that comes into that roof maintenance that comes into that washer, dryer, plumbing, electric, all that kind of stuff comes into it. And you got to make sure you have all those, those monies aligned and you're not just doing a deal to do a deal. Um, but those are some of the little key takeaways and tidbits. That's a little bit about myself as well. Uh, I'm an open book. I would love to get into depth about any of this and all of this with anybody. So please make sure you're commenting. You can reach out to me at my email address. My email address is paul, P-A-U-L dot J-A-G-I-E-L-S-K-I at compass.com. And you can find all my information on our website as well. Um, I will wrap up with the final two questions that I typically ask all of our guests. 
what is something that I'm doing today that I wasn't doing a year ago? Uh, I'm deep diving into creative financing. I want to learn how to use other people's money instead of my own. I want to be able to buy these properties knowing um, that I've used as little money of my own that I can. And that's mostly just because I've watched the power of um, debt over the last couple of years. And I'm starting to realize how much debt can help you or leverage can help you to make more money. Um, I just did an analyst on a property, buying it at 3.5% down, buying it 20% down and buying it full out cash and what that would do for my uh, return on investment and my cash on cash. And the numbers were astounding. Um, the cash on cash was way, way lower, almost two thirds lower buying the property cash versus buying it at three and a half or five percent down that's available to you ladies and gentlemen out there um and where i'm at at the 25 20 percent down payment it's not terrible but it could be a lot better with a lower uh down payment and a higher mortgage on it so that's my goal for this year um what is my advice for my younger self <laughs> i I struggled with this one because I got a couple of pieces of advice that I would really like to give my younger self. Uh, one of them, start young and make your mistakes, I guess. But the biggest one I would say would be to buy the asset that pays for the liability slash the toy. If you haven't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's a quick read, maybe 100 pages. Pick it up. Uh, if you want a digital copy, email me. I'll, I'll email you a PDF version of it. But it's a great great beginning and basically what it does is it makes you start looking at uh assets and liabilities completely differently um for example you want a tesla you want to lease a tesla car for three years uh that's going to cost you a six thousand dollar down payment and maybe five hundred dollars a month for the car payment as well don't forget you go over those miles that you're allotted you pay more um there's a couple other hidden fees in there as well, but we'll stick to the $6,000 down payment, $500 a month. Instead of buying that Tesla or leasing that Tesla, how about you go buy a duplex? Make that duplex, uh, say the purchase price is $150,000 and you can buy it for 3.5% down. That's about a $5,000 down payment and that would come with a monthly mortgage with fees and taxes and uh, other monthly associations to about $975 payment. The first floor's rent can be $1,000 and that would cover your your mortgage, your taxes, and any other fees for the property. And the second floor is also $1,000 rent. That means you would be taking in $500 to put towards your Tesla, as well as an extra $500 to put in into account for future maintenance on that property. Once that Tesla is paid off, you still own that asset, the duplex, and now you have a thousand dollars coming in monthly free and clear. So that would be something that uh, I, I really wish I did at a younger age, uh, not necessarily just cars, but uh, anything. You want a trip? Great. Trip's gonna cost you 10,000. Go buy an asset um, and that, that makes it for you. And it doesn't have to be real estate, just buy an asset. Something that creates a dollar and turns it into a dollar fifty. A bank can't do that for you. Um, but. Those are, those are my quick takeaways. Those are some things that I've learned over the years. I hope it helps you, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, I really want to make sure that you can take some actionable advice off of this. And I'm going to try and summarize a final quote uh, that I heard from a U.S. Senator, Johnny Isaacson. The real estate business, I'm sorry, in the real estate business, you learn more about people, community issues, life, and the impact of government than any other profession. And I just read that the, uh, quote the other day, and that it's so true. Uh, since I've joined real estate, I really have started to open up my ears uh, about community issues, uh, about the impact of our government to other people that I never would have listened to um, because I just didn't think we connected. But finding real estate as a common connection was great. Um, so that is the end of this episode of the Atomic Real Estate Show. There will be more actionable advice that will be free for the taking on our next episode. So be sure to tune in next week to the Atomic Real Estate Show. It has been my pleasure reintroducing myself to you today. Thank you again to our listeners. This has been a Direct Subs production. Check them out at directsubs.com. I look forward to hearing from all of you in our comments. And please remember to like, share, follow, and subscribe wherever you choose to listen to the Atomic Real Estate Show.